Hi, I'm Kaylee, and this is Talent Talks, where I interview talented entrepreneurs, artists, writers, and all sorts of creatives, from their perspectives on life to how they got where they are today. It's all good stuff, so let's dive in. click record. Wonderful. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me, Netta, uh, author of A Plethora of Roses. I'm very excited. Um, go ahead. And, can you see my screen all right? Yes. Okay, great. Do you want the font bigger? Or you're good? No, it's all okay. good. <laughs> Sometimes I work with um, like artists who have smaller screens. So I always have to ask, you know, like, how's right. the font and everything like Depending that. on what you're joining the meeting from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go over the focus. Uh, so we're going to start off with just a plethora of roses, and then we're kind of going to dive into, you know, your advice for inspiring poets uh, about the author. And I always like to start it off with some fun stuff. Um, so Netta, what is your favorite color? <laughs> um, I want to say either like a beige or like... A black like just a okay. solid that's kind of where my headspace is at at the moment you know yeah. neutral colors yeah and I love that because like earlier you touched upon um saying just like your poetry is going to change and I know you have a book coming out Monday which is really exciting awesome um I'm so excited yeah uh just like how you know writing poet like writing books and just publishing them it's very like it changes as, it as your fashion. Yeah, as, as your fashion changes. changes. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. um, favorite comfort meal? Um, that's a good question. It's I tough. honestly, okay, so this is actually something, okay, I have a good one. <laughs> this is okay. something that I get teased for by my best friends all the time. I love salad. Like you would not Ooh, think. Okay. <laughs> but literally, it's so funny because like salad, I don't know if it's because it's like crunchy or if it's just like always refreshing, but I literally cannot get enough ever. Like if I, nice. if I like don't know what to eat, it's usually salad or I also love sushi. Ooh, so favorite. what kind of salad? Because salad could be a wide range of, of That's things. true. Yeah. Um, I think probably like, because I'm just, I'm so basic, honestly, probably just no, like a no. Caesar salad with like other things mixed in there, maybe like a kale Caesar, I don't know, I see. if I'm feeling fancy. Yeah, but, a foundational um, Caesar is, you know, done right, chef's kiss. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, three people, places, or things that inspire you. And I know this one's tough, so so please take your time. Um... Well, I think you also gave me multiple categories to choose from, you know, mm -hmm. when there's like too much choice. <laughs> yeah, right, let's do uh, one person, I'll do one, one place, and one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Um, so I would say place wise, um, the city of Tehran in Iran is somewhere that's always been really inspiring to me. Um, I lived there for a while when I was little. And um, most of my family is from there and they live there. So I visit often as well. And in general, like the Persian culture is just very saturated with art and music. That's always a huge, it's like the base of the entire culture, essentially. Um, <laughs> so I think being there always. Um, 
And then a person that always inspires me. Hmm. I feel like I don't have somebody who's like a celebrity or like somebody famous who really inspires me like that. Um, but I do think that like some YouTubers especially really inspire me, people who are kind of smaller, but just do more lifestyle content. Um, one of them, her name is Marissa Lacer. And I think she goes by Marissa Lace on YouTube, Instagram, like her social media. Um, I actually started following her when she was like 20 and in college. And then now she's, you know, like she went through so many changes. She dropped out of college. She kind of began this whole spiritual journey, like is a whole different person now. But I think she really inspires me because I just like really admired her transformation and a lot of the changes that she made to her own, you know, character or certain things that she wanted to improve or things that I really resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a thing that inspires me, I feel like in the same line of like spirituality and stuff, I think oh, plants and crystals. Like I really like going into crystal shops and I live in San Francisco. So it's like the best place <laughs> for smart. that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, what district do you live in? I live pretty close to Union Square. So I currently live in like Knob Hill area. Okay. Wow. It's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful area. I um, <laughs> used to live in Outer Sunset and I loved it. Oh, right by nice. the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> As surfers sometimes find themselves yeah. <laughs> near the beach. Um, so I'm sure you've been to the crystal shop. I think it's um, like crystals of Ganesha or house of Ganesha. The love of Ganesha. Love of oh Ganesha. Yeah. I love that I place. literally, I'm going there tomorrow. It's literally in my calendar and I go there very often. Oh my gosh. It's I'm great. so glad you brought that up. I feel like, you know, a lot of people don't know specific shops on hate, right? Like it's just kind of this nice like area with a great vibe but yeah oh my gosh I love that you knew the specific I only went there religiously (laughs) right (laughs) um all right so let's dive into it um so a plethora of roses you published that March 26th in 2018 wow congrats Mm, so it's been out for a while wow um how many copies did you originally publish or did you do just click to publish and then print or yeah. So I, um, yeah, I guess that's my first child. She'll be four this year, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, four years, like since I was in college. It's kind yeah. of also terrifying, you know, you're like, Oh no. Um, but yeah, so I actually just did a, um, you know, publish, like click to per- click to publish essentially the same thing that you were mentioning in terms of, um, you know, I didn't predetermine a certain number of copies or anything like that. I just published it. Um, it was really a loose collection of poems that I had written um, for a while. And, you know, I kind of wanted them all to be in one place. And that was really where it came from. Um, also, you know, I was always thinking, well, maybe I'll write a book one day, just growing up, like ever since I was a kid. And so I kind of wanted to just dip my toe in, if you will. You know, this was very yeah. experimental. Nice. I love that. Um, so I think that kind of brings us to our next question. When and where was the idea for Pucker Roses uh, conceived? Like, was there a light bulb moment or did it happen gradually? It kind of sounds like from what you said um, that it was more of a gradual, um, like a gradual thing. Yeah. So I think a huge um, part of it for me was it was very sudden, actually. So um, in 2018, 
or I guess March 26th of 2018 was my second semester um, at UC Berkeley. And that was right after I had transferred from community college. And, you know, my writing, I think, really began after high school, but it started off mostly in the form of journaling. Journaling is something that I really resonate with. Like, it really helps me a lot. And it really started from a place of, like, working through mental health and just, like, different struggles like that. Um, And then after a while, you know, it became a lot easier to write poems because it was a way to disconnect myself from like the struggles in the sense that I could like make it sound pretty right or I could play around with like word choice or diction and it wasn't as serious and as personal and that was a really great way to kind of like process those things Mm -hmm. um but I think actually I guess in my first um place in my room with a roommate in Berkeley (laughs) was just when I was kind of like and it was in the fall I remember I think it was around like September or October like I'd only transferred it was maybe like a month and a half in Um, And I was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to make a book. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. And I wanted um, a reason to connect with other people on Berkeley's campus. I wanted something to like show my professors, right? Like to ask them more about it. Um, And so I think that in a sense, like the idea was more of a light bulb moment where it was just suddenly like, why don't I just do it now? Like I've always wanted to write a book. Why don't I just do it now? Um, But the content of it, happened very gradually because the poems that were published in that book there was nothing that I wrote like brand new then you know what I mean like I think there was a maybe two or three poems that I was like editing right like very Mm -hmm. consciously or you know changing things around um before kind of like including it in a manuscript right but the poems that I actually published had been written in the past like two years so at the time that I published I was 19 and I think they were written literally from like the end of high school so it was like from the ages of 17 to 19 poems that I had written and I actually pulled these poems from my journals because that was like where everything was collected you know um so yeah it was it was kind of wild I think that's also part of why now when I look back at them I'm like this is so angsty yeah (laughs) you know it's it's very therapeutic to journal though and I find that like just having it kind of seep out all on paper and just getting it out of your mind, like it, it reminds me of, um, did you ever watch Harry Potter <laughs> as a kid? Um, so there's this one moment where, like, I think Dumbledore is like taking this bad memory out of his head and like dripping it into, you know, the pool. And I, I imagine it's very similar with journaling because once it's kind of on paper, it's out of your head. Yeah. And, and you can kind of look at it objectively. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's rad. <laughs> uh, all right. So did you get started on your own? Did you work with a publicist or mentor? Um, I know you mentioned your yeah. professors. Yeah. Um, I think that I, so I would definitely say I got started on my own because I was also insecure about the idea. Mm-hmm. And I think again, being a perfectionist, I was like, I don't want to tell people that I'm doing something and then yeah. it doesn't end up working out or I change my yes. mind. Um, you know, I definitely think that, you know, just to be vulnerable here, like I do have a lot of pride, especially in the things that I, I don't want to say do, but like produce, if that makes sense, like in the value that I can produce. Um, (laughs) and I just really, I like, I'm not going to share a project idea until it's been a while. And then to everybody else, most of the time it's like, oh, well, that was out of nowhere where it's like, I've been thinking about this for a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I'm sure you resonate. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But, um, 
Yeah, I did not know any publicists. Um, I think that I, I mean, I asked my professors a lot of questions in regards to like how they had published work before, but they didn't know that I was working on something, Mm. Um, especially because I had just transferred. And I think at the time, like I was just really building like rapport with these professors and, you know, really focusing on assignments. And of course, like my first semester was pretty challenging too, just in terms of like school and workload. So yeah, I think that's why I didn't, you know, for better or for worse, which in my mind, I think it was actually for better. Like I didn't take this project so seriously. I didn't think of it as like a career move or like, you know, a work thing. It was just sort of like, like when you're a kid and you're just like, I'm going to draw whatever. And like, you're proud of it regardless. You know, I think it felt like that to me, which really helped me actually get it done. Like as fast as I did, you know? Yeah. You can just let it flow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's rad. Um, so I think we already touched upon this. Like how was your Mm -hmm. self publishing experience? Um, if you want, we can go on to what made you focus on poems, poems in particular. Um, I'm just going to give you free reign. Yeah. Um, so I will say that just for anybody, you know, if they, like, if anybody's listening or just for anybody who wants to self-publish, I definitely think, or even if you're thinking about publishing in general, I definitely think that self-publishing before you even move into the realm of like publishing under, you know, a different company or under a different name um, is actually really helpful because you learn a lot about the process. Mm-hmm. So even if you didn't end up like going through with that, um, you don't have to write, like you don't have to click publish. You could do all the steps and like, you know, just save it as a draft and have it forever. But I really think like, I don't know, it's so much more simple than people think. I truly, I Mm. literally used Google Docs um, to have, you know, to create my manuscript. I like, obviously I was a college student at the time. So I think I just used like Canva or something for like a free trial. And I like made the cover within the free trial um, time. And I used that and I figured out how to resize it and how to like, you know, design the cover and how to use different fonts. And I think even just that rain um, really allows you to also like be more inspired as you're creating something. And it allows you to feel a lot more proud of what you're creating too. Um, which I mean, I did the same thing with this book and I think that that's also why this one will be so much better because I know Mm -hmm. every step of the way. Um, but yeah, I think, um, to follow up with the next question in terms of like what made me focus on certain poems, Um, I think that I wanted a plethora of roses to be a lot about like growth and um, like a mixture of growth and love slash romance theme. Um, I think at the time I was also pretty inspired by the modern like verse poet, especially like Instagram poetry, which is very, you know, a lot of people don't consider it to be real poetry. I think mm-hmm. now that I am studying poetry technically in a graduate program, I can understand that, <laughs> um, you know, but um, yeah, I think I was just really inspired by the fact that it was just free verse and it sounded like spoken word and it was very accessible and very easy. You know, anybody could read that and feel something. Um, whereas, you know, traditional poetry is pretty like, I don't know critiqued in terms of form and structure and it's also based on a very outdated elitist Mm -hmm. mentality a lot of times Mm -hmm. you know 
Um, and so I think focusing on certain poems was really just about what I was comfortable sharing and what I felt like were my best pieces and like that fit the theme. Um, other than that, I didn't really think too much about it. I think I just wanted to put something out there. Cool. Yeah. I, I really like that. And I like how you described um, Instagram po- poetry, if you will, mm-hmm. um, just the kind of lack of barrier to entry, you know, with just anyone can see it, anyone can feel something. And I think that poetry is, is what moves you. Yeah. Um, so I really like the way you, you verse that. That's a really good way to word it too. Like no barrier to entry is so true. No, it's really so true because you don't need to sign up. You don't need to be a part of a program. You don't need to be approved or have a manuscript that's under review by, you know, so many editors that you, you know, are just waiting on a response from like, that's so different. Um, And I think also like the visual aspect of it makes it so much faster, especially in today's day and age. Not everybody is going to sit down and, you know, pick up an entire book of poems. But when they're scrolling or through their explore page, they might come across just a single poem of yours. Yeah. And then yeah, you can also totally. post poems as frequently as you like, right? Like, you know, okay, I'll post, you know, three, four times a week, but those are single poems. And that still makes it so much more accessible without demanding too many resources of yeah. people that you're trying to reach, you know? Yeah. And, and I like how you touched upon um, the old foundation of poetry and like how it was kind of created by a very small group of elitists. And so it's just, yeah. it is really outdated, um, much like our college experience <laughs> and how we funnel pe- people through that. But that's another, that's yeah. something for another time. <laughs> um, so what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you or about Plethora of Roses? That's actually a great question. You know, this was when I was looking at the questions earlier. This is something that I was thinking about and I wasn't really sure. Um, I will say, I'm not sure about now, but I think at the time, actually, when I published it, it was really interesting. I didn't get the response that I expected from the people that I knew. I think it's Mm -hmm. one thing, you know, for people who are strangers or whatever, to not take you seriously. Like that's one whole thing. And I don't really like that doesn't really bother me a lot of times. Um, but I think the people that I did know were all also like, I didn't, I wasn't surrounded by a lot of people who were in the same major or in the same kind of like realm. Um, a lot of them were like engineers or science or whatever. Right. Um, and it was interesting because those were the same people who were the most critical, which was, you know, it's kind of baffling in one sense. Um, and at the same time, you know, they said like, well, this isn't real poetry because you're basically just making a statement and then breaking it up with like random line breaks and then calling it a poem, right? Which is still the critique to this day um, on like verse poetry or like, I don't know if you guys, or if you're familiar with like Rupi Kaur or- I only um, love her. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And so did I, but I was very um, inspired by Milk and Honey at the time. And even Rupi Kaur herself now says that although Milk and Honey was like a foundational base for her career, um, you know, there were a lot of poems in it that she was like, now that I look back on them, I can see how it was simply a statement broken up with line breaks, but who is to say that that's not poetry, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And exactly. why, why can't it be? Is it yeah. the matter of that the language isn't formal enough? Is it because we're gatekeeping, right? Yeah. Subconsciously, we think it needs to sound a certain way or it needs to be for certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, that all of that is wrong. And I think that that's a huge misunderstanding. Um, 
And yeah, I think, I guess a big thing that I felt misunderstood um, about was essentially just my intentions behind it. It wasn't about like publishing one piece and going viral and like becoming famous, you know, that doesn't really tend to happen realistically, especially with writers. Um, Ruby Kaur herself has published, I think over like 15 pieces before Milk and Honey went viral like that. So um, yeah, I think just the intentions behind it and also um, people sort of misunderstanding, I don't want to say like the point of it, but I think also like the um, intentionality of certain things that were critiqued. Mm. It was like, yeah, that's the point. Like it's supposed to be easy for everybody to read. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to make it hard, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow. That's really good insight. Thank you. And, and I agree. I, I never knew that it was core and not car. So thank you. <laughs> I've always yeah. thought it was Ruby Carr. Um, but anyway, I, I love her books and it's, much like you touched upon, it's the human experience to grow and you see that in people's poetry. And I think it's beautiful, you know, like, and I agree, it is gatekeeping to kind of be like, well, this, this isn't, you know, what we're used to, or this isn't what was, um, you know, considered acceptable in the past. Um, but that's just the human experience. And, you know, as we change and as technology changes and, and the world moves on, um, of course, poetry is going to change as well. And it's beautiful to see, you know, milk and honey be so vastly different in some ways than the sun and her flowers or, you know, any other of her, her later, um, later like materials. And I, I think that was summed up very beautifully. Um, and on that note, I think we're going to dive into you. So this is the about Netta part. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Um, yeah, no, no, I think it is wonderful. And I know I have a few up here, but I'm actually going to skip to this one. Would you say you're a courageous person? I think that I would like to say yes, but I will also think that it's important to emphasize that I don't always feel that way. You mm -hmm. know, I think mm -hmm. that, again, like things like this, it's so easy from the outside if you're listening or watching or inspired by whoever, you know, to kind of see their courageous moments um, or courageous actions or courageous phases of their lives. And then, you know, sort of hold yourself to that same standard 24 seven, whereas that's just a moment, right? I, I think that I'm a person who is courageous a lot of the times, but I also can be a scared person. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I also am a very hesitant person who thinks about things very deeply, probably overthinks way more than I should. And a lot of times I get in my own way. And at the same time, you know, if I look back on my own accomplishments or if, you know, I do an interview like this where I'm, you know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, yes, I suppose I am, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's important to emphasize the ways that I guess like we're so multifaceted. And I always say that even in like job interviews, I'm always like people are so many things, you know, yeah. there's so many different sides to a single person that yes I'm a courageous person I'm also a slightly anxious person who overthinks a lot but that doesn't make me less of a courageous person at the same time you know yeah. like things can exist together yeah, yeah I agree um and I think you said it beautifully I, we are multifaceted human beings mm -hmm. you know we're not meant to fit into this mold we're not meant to just paint in black and white um we have a, a plethora of colors <laughs> that we can choose from <laughs> And yeah, I think 
I think it's beautiful and sad and angry to, to choose each and every one. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what really makes us us. And yeah, I would say you're a very courageous person because anyone that is willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. put their self out there in that way, um, is courageous. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I ask every creative that I interview this question and funny enough, people will say that they're not, they're like, no, I don't mm-hmm. really, you know, I'm scared of tons of things or like, you know, I am really anxious or I tend to be over analytical. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, dude, no, you're a badass. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm sorry. I yeah. love that answer because I agree. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm courageous 24 seven. Like if, if we're not doing things that scare us, then we're probably not growing in that field and going back. Yeah. And what, going back to what you said earlier about the people that were most critical of your work are probably people that are working within their comfort zone. Um, and often feel like, and of course I can't speak for those people, but in my own business as well, um, just the people that were most skeptical or critical were the ones that kind of went with the safer route for themselves Mm -hmm. or maybe didn't explore their passion and went for something that was more of a quote unquote sure bet. Um, And I notice sometimes people tend to be spiteful and it comes out in different ways. Um, So I'm sorry you had to deal with that. No, thank you. I actually, I really, and like, I really appreciate your response and thank you so much for all of your sweet words. It really means a lot. Um, (laughs) I thank you. Yeah. I think like this in the same sense, like you were saying, like, I think also being, you know, two women of color and you like fit many minority groups, right? Like it's really important to have these conversations, Um, not just, you know, us trying to teach other people who don't experience the same thing, like this perspective, but also having this conversation with each other, you know? Um, I think that a lot of times a, a person's courage or bravery or whether it's not even either of those things, whether it's just being tired of being afraid, right? Tired of holding yourself back, which I think is a lot of times how you get to courage. It's not just a flip of a switch. A lot of times it does come from frustration or a single experience that was really difficult that kind of just shoves you into growth because you have no other choice. Like you're either going to be miserable like and stay in the same place or you're going to be miserable and you're going to move forward and hopefully get something out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think that's super important. Um, I'm really glad you touched on that. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Why do you ask people this question? Because I want listeners to realize that, and me, myself, um, that our perception of ourselves are often (laughs) through very tinted glasses. Um, And that, like, I look at all these people that I interview, not saying it's like a ton, but, you know, um, for example, like this artist that uh, worked a nine to five for years, and now he's in his um, 60s, I think 60s. Sorry, Ed, if you're listening and you're younger than that. <laughs> um, but, and, you know, I asked him and I was like, do you think that you're courageous? And he's just like, you know, I, I guess so. Or like things like that. Or, you know, when I'm interviewing someone and they don't think that they are, and it's just like, look at everything that you've built for yourself, you know, like that imposter mm-hmm. syndrome kind of lives within everyone. And I think by asking this question, it kind of makes other people reflect on their own lives and be like, maybe I have been feeding myself this, um, you know, false statement or uh, self-limiting belief. 
Mm-hmm. And so I always ask because, you know, I, I own my own business. I'm hopefully yeah. going to publish my book this year. Um, and I still face imposter syndrome every day, you yeah. know? Um, I'm just like, whoa, am I really qualified? Like I need a real adult yeah. here. And then I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's me. I am a real adult. Yeah. <laughs> right. Scary. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, thank you for asking. That's why I yeah, ask absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important. I've never been asked that question. So I just thought mm-hmm. that it was cool, especially when you said that you ask every creative um that question. I was like, okay, that's like a key thing then. Yeah, do you yeah. about us? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, side note, I would love to buy your book. So please let me know, you know, the oh day it comes gosh. out Monday. I would Thank love to you. purchase it and leave you a sparkly review. So I'm sure it'll be amazing. Thank you. Um, I appreciate yes, that. Also, shout out to Rohan Grover, who wrote a review on your first book. I saw a he few did. of them. I think you wrote four or five. And he wrote just a sparkling review. So friends he like did. that really do make it possible and yeah you know you you are seeing Rohan thank you (laughs) yeah Uh, we still stay in touch it's so great he's amazing he was always so supportive of like anything I did and it's still like I just appreciate him so much so yeah yeah. I I remember him as being a complete like beam of light you know (laughs) like great guy great guy anyway (laughs) um if you could go back and give yourself advice or encouragement when you started in one sentence, what would you say? Um, I think I still tell myself this to this day that when you write or when you create something um, to not think so much about how it's going to look to other people and to create the best version of that specific piece or material or whatever you want to call it. Um, and to elaborate on that, because I know it's kind of vague. Think about like, if you have, I don't know, like a small space, right. And you're trying to decorate it and make yourself look fancier or richer or like whatever better. And you put a lot of items or like too many big clunky things that you are like, this is expensive, or this is going to look expensive. It actually ends up making your space look smaller and more crunched. And it just looks less clean and you're not really achieving what you wanted to achieve in the first place. In fact, you're distracting from, yeah. you know, the value or the beauty of that space as it is. Yeah. Um, and I think something that like with my first book, especially was a thing was that I wanted it to be longer. I um, mean, I think with mm-hmm. the second book, you'll see it's actually much shorter, but I think that the value in the book is way stronger. Um, and the actual poems in it are way more, I think, developed just in terms of like, language and word choice and certain things like that whereas with the first one I kind of just wanted it to look like you know a fancy production Mm -hmm. um and I think that's really important is at the end of the day like this one is way more satisfying to me because I'm not really doing it you know trying to tick off all these boxes of like okay it's supposed to be this many pages and um you know this size and have like these whatever aspects to it or you know anything like that I think this one is just way more um authentic and a lot of that is also part of taking risks or things that we identify as risks because they don't meet like the status quo Mm. very well said and I think it is easier if you will now that you have one book under your belt like you said um to just feel like you know you're able to express yourself in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Absolutely. I cannot yeah. wait. Um, 
what what are some of the best resources that have helped you helped you along the way? Um, I honestly think that the people who are not quote unquote qualified in whatever field you're working in can actually give you the best feedback because the average person who's going to pick up a book isn't necessarily an author, right? Like most people who read are not authors. They just really enjoy reading. That person might be a college student. They might be an engineer. They might be, you know, whoever. Um, One of my best friends who I also went to college with, and she was, you know, there throughout this entire process um, and still is now in this new, you know, round two of this. um, She actually works in marketing and copywriting. And she works in tech. We both studied English together and we went to community college together. Um, And so, you know, a lot of my pieces, I would ask her, like, I think this word or this word, or like, you know, certain things like that. But there was also a lot of pieces that I shared um, with, you know, my partner at the time who was like a cognitive science major and did computer science and machine learning, like totally not the same brain. Right. But like, he gave me really great feedback because he would read something and be like, Oh my gosh, I actually really like this or a piece that like I was kind of insecure about or didn't want to include. He was like, I actually think this is better than like this and this one, or I like this one more or um, this one felt more personal. It felt like I could connect to you more through this one. And so I think like the best resources are also the ones that are not like, I would just say, just reach out, especially to people. I always think the best resource is other people. And I always say that regarding anything, like mm-hmm. whether you're trying to learn something new or move a box, like literally other people are the best resource. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, like asking respectfully and, you know, respecting people's bandwidth, but, um, I really think that like even the people that you don't expect can help you are the ones that actually will give you like the best unbiased response most of the time. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, For lack of a better phrase, I'll call it the park bench effect. You know, Mm -hmm. you sit on a random park bench and you turn to the stranger next to you and you're like, Hey, what do you think of this? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's, it's funny what resonates with some people. You know, because you think it's very easy as a writer, um, at least in my opinion, to get really fixated and kind of have that super narrow, just like funnel um, horse blinders on and be like, oh, this is horrible. This is that. Like, I need to change this. I need to change that. Um, And then you ask someone and they're like, just leave it as it is. Like, I love this. Like, why would you take this part out? And then they're like, well, I thought that no, like, don't take it out. It's fine. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So I think having friends that, that do that for you is, is a blessing. So nice. That's awesome. Um, I think we already touched on this. Say if you could step into my shoes, what's something that you wished that I asked, but didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, When are we chatting next? (laughs) (laughs) I love that as soon as you want to um I would love to stay connected no no you're awesome yeah (laughs) virtual happy hours for the win that would be lovely um and also I know like you have tons of stuff going on and I'll ping you later about this but I'd love for you to review what I have already um absolutely you know being the the budding artist that you are and writer I love love to yeah 
Yeah, but no pressure. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> um, all right, let me take a quick scan here. Um, how would you like to see yourself grow in the publishing space in the next few years, aside from, you know, putting out your next book that's coming out Monday? Um, I think something that's interesting here is that I'm not sure if I want to work on something to submit it to publishers, right? Because that's just a little bit daunting. Um, but I am currently in a grad program where I am focusing on writing specifically poetry um, and, you know, to graduate, uh, essentially, instead of a thesis, you actually have to publish like a book. So and they and they publish it for you. So okay. it'll be published through like the university, which is nice. But um, I think because I find the idea of sending a manuscript to publishers daunting, that's what I would want to learn more about. And that's the space that I want to grow in. You know, um, I don't you know, I don't really think that I'm ever going to be somebody who does one thing or has a single stream of income for lack of better words. I also live in California. So like, you know, <laughs> yep. it's not really <laughs> ideal. Um, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, I think just in terms of like growing in the publishing space, it's not so much going to be about me putting out more work, but I also just really want to learn more um, about the space in general, how it's structured, how people get involved, right? Like how long on average it takes, people who do get published, how long did they work on those pieces? How many people did they send those to? Um, and I think just kind of like learning more information um, is still part of growing within a space, right? You need to know about the space that you're in before you kind of try to dive in. And that's usually like when you can work more comfortably, right? I think you'll also do better. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, and although I think knowledge is a double-edged sword because the more you know the more choice you have and the more like I'm very analytical too so I'll be like oh I could do this I could do that and I feel like uh, an octopus just extending all of its yeah, right legs just in right different directions um but I would always have like I would always like to learn more you know mm -hmm. and I I think that's very very wise of you to just be like I want to learn more about this space before I dive in um so yeah, I, I think it'll be very fruitful for you, you know, regardless of whatever you do and whatever you decide to dive into next. I'm really excited to see what it is. Thank um, you. All right. Well, this is the last question. What have you read, seen, or listened to recently that's inspired you? Um, hmm. Read, seen, or listened to um, I'm trying to think of like those like categories. No, it's tough. Um, Feel free to like pinpoint yeah. like what's one thing that you've read recently that you love. Right. Um, well, I think we get assigned with some really cool uh, pieces, you know, just in general, um, like as, as far as reading goes for homework and things like that. Um, and I read a poem recently. Um, I, I can't really remember like the author's name. I think his name is Mauricio something. I can't remember his last name, but um, he wrote his poem in the style of um, a 90s rap group called uh, Bone Thugs. And he wrote it like every single word. There was no space between the words and every the letter or the first letter of every single word was capitalized. Um, and so it had like a very specific effect and, um, it really, I think tried to like emulate and really personify like the, 
um, rhyme scheme of Bone Thugs and how they talk like really, really, really quickly and also sing through the times when they go slower. Um, and that was just like crazy to me because I'd never read any poetry like that. I actually wasn't familiar with Bone Thugs until that class. Um, and our professor is like a major 90s like music junkie. So he was like, no, you guys need to know about this. And he yeah. played us some music. Um, and when I, you know, when we had read the poem out loud and then I listened to the song, I was like, oh, okay, wow. Like it was really cool. Um, and I thought that that was just really cool in the sense that it kind of showed just a completely different um, metric system, I guess, for mm -hmm. poetry and also the way that it was sort of a blurring of different genres or different categories of art, right? And that was like yeah. something that I hadn't really seen before, which was really cool. That's rad. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I I like Bone Thugs. <laughs> yeah. I like the '90s rap scheme, and they're they're great. They have some very deep lyrical. Um, yeah. like meaning behind their words and it's it's beautiful to see um mm -hmm. also on because you mentioned uh like you're one of the poets that you recently read um I really like Young Pueblo's Inward I think okay. if you haven't read it already um it's great so highly okay. recommend um all right well I think we're coming up on our, our hour here but Nana, yeah. thank you so much I really appreciate thank you so much Bailey yeah, I hope to have you on the podcast again. I hope everything gets published, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. And what's your your new book called? It's going to be called Letters for Him. Letters for Him. Well, I can't wait to mm -hmm. read Letters for Him. Um, where can we find it? It will be on Amazon uh, to All begin right. with. And then I'm going to try to get it distributed across different platforms. But I'll keep you updated on that. Okay, groovy. Well, anyway, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. All right. Talk Thank you. Thank you. So much, everyone who tuned in to listen. Appreciate the support and the positivity and kindness that I felt in trying to traverse making a podcast, interviewing people, um, and I just love it. So thank you so much for. Oh, please tune in next week for another episode of Talent Talks, coming out every Tuesday. Have a good day.